And we are back for episode 122 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. Despite promises and promises, I still see no, no face tattoo for Dave. We're going to talk about that and additional things. Unfortunately, the faux goat is not dead yet. I did warn people. I said, shoot him again, his soul's still dancing. That is a movie reference. It is not a good movie, but we'll talk about that. Probably not. And other things on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. I feel strongly that one of my favorite things to do now at the beginning is to semi-promise things that I immediately recant right after. I'm Carlos, and that's Dave. It's all good. Uh, and P.S., I said I was getting a face tattoo. I never promised when. See, that's the problem. We do need a timeline on that. So we'll have to see. We may have to push the agenda on this. So uh, what's up? What's up since the last episode? Yeah, so I got to talk to Demolition this week. Did you? I did. I got the original Demolition. No crush. Just Axe and Smash. Disappointment. But uh, it w- that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, pretty much same old, same old. Although it's it's exciting that things are opening up again a, a little bit on Monday because uh, the family is going to be able to do more stuff and like activities on the weekends and the kids doing their classes and stuff. So that is a, a welcome change. But otherwise, it's just basically more the same. You know, working on some artwork, working... Taking care of the kids. Excitement. Excitement. Fair enough. You know, wondering, for... wondering, uh, you know, how many times I have to shoot him before his soul stops dancing. A couple more times, I think. A couple more times. I did. I did tell them that I, I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to accept the news of uh, Tom Brady's supposed retirement until you bring the body to me. You bring me the body, and then and only then can we. Even talk then, about I'm not 100 percent sure there wouldn't be a resurrection. No, we'll make sure of that. That shit's going into space. First we incinerate it, then the ashes to space. Straight to space. We're, not, right. we're, not, we're not playing with that. All we right. are not playing. All right. We've seen enough horror movies. We're not allowing this. We're done. This conversation's over. Straight to the sun! Anyway, moving on. Uh, otherwise, um, to paraphrase a man who says things, it's cold! Facts. It is. But it's, it's even colder when, you know, there really is no insulation in your place. I've heard this rumor. It is, um, I can verify this rumor. It is a thing. But that said, we did have uh, the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. We'll talk about all that business and then kind of what we're seeing going forward. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I did receive this past week the very first AEW card that has ever been put in my possession. Ooh. Which but one was it? Here we go. I've got it in my hand. I'm going to show you which one it is. This card has a little bit of infamy in it. It follows what I said earlier about focusing some of my attention on the numbered cards. I'm focusing on certain limited specific cards, but this one has a little touch of uh, infamy to it and also reflects something that we have discussed before on this very program. Let's see. Big Swole, you the exclusive out of 100. Big Swole. I didn't know you were getting a Big Swole one. I saw it, and I laughed, and I cackled for several minutes, and then I said, I must have it. Is it a, is it a parallel? Ver- like- it, is a, it is the exclusive out of 100. The nice. exclusive is out of 100. What so number? These are, this, uh, 42. Beauty. Jackie Robinson. I only thought but, about it after looking. I didn't know what number it was originally. But fair enough. But uh, <laughs> that, that also, that... The fact that it's forty-two, I think, just and that's Jackie Robinson's number adds to the adds to it too because of what Big Swole said on the way out the door. Yep, it was funny because when I uh, put it on the pickup video on the YouTube channel, somebody else because all I said about it was that Big Swole is an interesting. It's an interesting to have this one be the first one that came in because Big Swole was involved in a little bit of AEW controversy, and then someone in the comments said, "Yeah." Yeah, no, I know what you're referring. Basically, I didn't allude to it. I just said you can Google it if you want to Google it. You'll be able to figure it out on your own. And then somebody said, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, it's unfortunate that it happened that way. But it, but then they basically said the same thing. It's like, I didn't really think much of Big Swole when she's in there. And, and basically I said, no, I get what you're saying. The problem wasn't what Big Swole said, to be honest. It, it is your opinion. You can state your opinion. I don't think there's anything wrong with what uh, Big Swole said. We discussed it already earlier, but just to rehash the point. Uh, it was Tony Khan's reaction that really created the problem. It would not have been an issue if he had just put down the phone, do not respond, just let it go. For sure. Yeah, it's still something he has to learn to do. And until he learns to do it, sometimes you can create a problem where there really wasn't one. 
If it had just been left on its own, I promise it, we wouldn't even be discussing it at this point. But it does make it a fun kind of a conversation starter that this is the first AEW card I have ever received. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, and this may be, uh, I'm, um, I'll probably reach out to the, uh, to the gentleman uh, from Upper Deck who, uh, who designed the set. Because now I'm curious if Swole is going to be in any of the subsequent series. Because they've got the checklist. My question is, so are there more Swole cards coming? Or is this a one and done? Because that would make it doubly infamous, would it not? It would. It yeah. absolutely would. So so we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But yeah, so I only received two cards, and the other one got on my Instagram. So we got Swole because it was an interesting one. And then, of course, friend of the channel, our homie, Juan Soto. Yes. You got you, you to gotta go with the Juan Soto. Yep. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So those ones are case hits. A nice card. Very happy to get it added to the collection. Good times. Good times. Now, speaking of not good times, the Great Bay Packers are fucked, Dave. So much so, like on levels and levels. I found it entertaining, to be honest, but they're fucked. Why? Is, is Rogers going to leave? Is that why? It, it doesn't matter. He can say he can leave. They're fucked. <laughs> like, it makes why, no why, why are they fucked, Carlos? They, well, they, they've got a lot of cap issues and they're going to lose a bunch of people anyway. So it's like, it's like, yeah, okay, you stay. Devontae Adams can go and then this other guy can go and like they, they got to have plenty of free agents. They're not going to sign them all. Okay. Uh, is, is it better, though, than the situation with the Saints where you lost your head coach, you don't know who the quarterback's going to be? And your $70 million over the cap? Well, Dave, I'm talking about a historic franchise, and you're talking about a team that has never won a Super Bowl. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't, what again. are we talking about? Like, I, I, you know, they tried. They tried to drown the place. They Just even put because Adrian through. Peterson couldn't hang on to the ball and Brett Favre decided to go gunslinger at the worst possible time doesn't mean that you have to hold it against me for the rest of your life. The fix is in. That's not legitimate. That's, that's, not, that's not a real thing that happened. I'm sorry. I have no recollection of what you're referring to. Um, the point is that, uh, and see, and the key here, actually, this is a good point of order for folks. And you know how I know it didn't happen? Because Dave having this set that he, that he likes to talk about, how that one was the Blu-ray one, that one was in the HD, right? But here's the thing. He doesn't watch the Super Bowl that didn't happen. He watches the NFC Championship. So as far as I'm concerned, the NFC Championship is where it ended. I, I think you won the NFC, and then I don't know what happened that you're in the Super I've Bowl. Maybe the it didn't Super happen. Bowl again. I've seen the game again. Which one have you watched more? Okay, fair enough. And so what you're saying is the NFC Championship was it. That's like, oh, no, that was it that season. That's all that happened. That's all that I recall. Yo, acknowledge it. Was, it was honestly more emotional than the Super Bowl itself. Well, it should be because it's probably the last you're going to see of the NFC Championship for a while, too. Um, That's for sure. Yeah, so it's, it's like, take what you can get. Take what you can get. I think a lot of franchises need to understand. It's like, don't take it for granted. It's not that easy. No, I, I honestly feel like the, the most, the best sports advice or, you know, take stock moment that someone has ever told me was you, Carlos, when you said, do you realize how fortunate it is that every team we root for has won a championship in our lifetime? Yeah. And it's true, right? I mean, that's, and there's some, well, I wouldn't say big. You can argue whether they're big teams or not. Uh, but, you know, think about how many fans of Maple Leafs have never seen a championship. Mm -hmm. uh, think of how many fans of the of the New York Knicks that have never seen a championship. You know, like there's lots of big market. Let's put that. There's lots of big market teams uh, that have not won in, in a lot of people's lifetimes. Yeah. So well, to I, have I think... every team that you cheer for have won one in ours and we're – I mean, we're going on 40, but we're still not that old. Yeah. And also, and also in some cases had multiple temps, multiple cracks at it. For sure. It's one of, so it's one of those things where like, that's why I say, don't take it for granted. It, it is what it is. Not every, uh, the Maple Leafs in the, in the NHL are basically the equivalent of like the Dallas Cowboys in terms of drawing attention to themselves while not having success. But the difference, is, but the difference is that the Leafs have not had success since the late sixties. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys, though, haven't won a damn thing in 25 years. And every year that goes by, we're adding another year to that. But they're right. They make headlines and they have no problem getting attention. Um, but there is no success to really, you know, they've made playoffs. They've had a couple of playoff series here and there. They've had some disastrous meltdowns. So have the Dallas Cowboys. They've made playoffs. They've had disastrous meltdowns. It's like, yeah, you're getting a lot of attention, but not for good reasons all the time. And you Each can tell more disastrous there. than the last. Yeah. And so you keep telling people how you're there. Like I said, the Dallas Cowboys are still hanging on to that whole America's team. He's like, he's like I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel like eventually you have to win something if you want to call it, if you want to keep that moniker. That's just me. But, uh, you know, to each their own. But, yeah, we'll see. I think the biggest problem that they have is that 
they're uh, stuck between two conflicting things. They're going to lose some players for sure. That means the team isn't necessarily going to get better. If you decide to keep Aaron Rodgers and you're able to keep Aaron Rodgers, um, you're looking at almost any scenario you do, you're probably going to have to pay him an ungodly amount of money. Mm-hmm. Even if you brought him back for the veteran minimum, you'd be up, you'd be paying upwards of 20 million plus. For you're sure. take a cap hit no matter what. Um, and again, if Devontae Adams wants to explore other avenues, well, there's your number one wide receiver gone. Um, the offense stalled at the worst possible time this year, and they've had their little struggles in high leverage moments. Uh, that wide receiving core could be decimated. Like, there's a lot of pieces. Now, if Aaron Rodgers does the smart thing and runs away, um, you're in rebuild mode, and you're hoping Jordan loves the answer. I don't think he is. Uh, so you don't have a quarterback. You probably won't have a wide receiving core. So you go from being uh, two times in the NFC Championship and being like, you, oh, we can, they can probably go advance again. They could have, actually. That game was close enough. Special teams imploded, but they could have still gone to the NFC Championship game for a third straight year. So you go from almost three straight NFC Championship appearances to are you even a playoff team? <laughs> yeah. so it's a, that's a rapid decline. Almost three consecutive NFC championships, potentially, if you had been able to close the deal in the previous game here, uh, to being like, are you even good? And by good, I mean, are you even relevant? So you're going to feel the team, you say. So we'll, we'll have to see what that looks like. And again, I think it would be very, to me, it would be very, for my trolley heart, it would be the most amusing thing if they did trade Rodgers to Denver or trade him to Pittsburgh or wherever, somewhere. And he was able to get to the playoffs. And God help them if he won a Super Bowl with one of those teams. I don't care which one. It would be hilarious. I would die of laughter. And how do we know that I would die of laughter? Well, I have three McFarlands that hang out right there in that top section. Three. The middle one is Aaron Rodgers. And there are two Brett Favras that flank it. What kind of Brett Favras, Carlos? Glad you asked in disembodied voice. One of them is... New York Jets, Brett Favre, and the other one is Minnesota Vikings, Brett Favre, because I'm an asshole. I'm not going to argue with anything you've just said, Carlos. And you shouldn't. I find it tremendously amusing. In fact, I already promised to my live stream last night that next week we're going to talk the football games after this series of games finishes, and I will be wearing my fanciest, my trolley best, I shall be wearing my New York Jets Brett Favre jersey. Oh, yes, yes. I'm ready for it. Bring the smoke. Bring it all! Like I said, Dave, you well know that uh, both hate and trolldom inject energy into my veins and fuel my power. It's true, man. It is what I do. It is what I do. But yes, I'm going to have fun. Like, to be honest, as as, as soon as Tom Brady was eliminated from the playoffs this year, even if my team's out, I'm good with whatever happens. I'm having a good time. Yeah, honestly, I was I was happy with the way things went down, and I think you know, wow. Except for the man, heartbreak for the Bills again, though. Like that's just. That, but, but it was an amazing game, was it not? It like was, it, was, it was probably the best game of football I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, like I will say that was a classic. We I was joking about it on Discord server. There's some guys who do the sports card thing, and they're on the Discord server. We were actually chatting live while the game was going on. So that, that's kind of fun being on the Discord server and chatting live um, while the game's going on. And we're watching it. Um, what I'll say is this, like, and we joked about it, but I'll be honest, I, I, I wouldn't disagree. I, I would much rather the Bills and the, and the Chiefs have another crack at it. Like, guys, like, listen, um, Cincinnati, you did great. Can we just do Bills and Chiefs for the, for the AFC Championship and let, let them go again and the winner gets the Super Bowl? Yeah. I'd rather let them have another crack at it. Like, give it a go again, guys. Because that was fun to watch. That was, that was a back and forth. And the last, you know, the last couple of minutes were absolutely insanity. Oh, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. And, and th- like, I was, uh, it was one of those situations where I was basically, I was ready to just be done with the day and go to bed. Um, I had a couple things I needed to do for work, and but I couldn't leave, the, I couldn't get up because it was too enthralling. I was, you know? And then, wow, like, to think you're, you know, 13 seconds. Although I did, and I did have that thought. I honestly was like, don't kick it in the end zone. Not that I actually really thought that Kansas City was going to come back. Uh, but still, I was like, take the time off the clock. Like, you don't, you know, and then, well, we know what happened. You know what the best part is, though? And someone pointed it out, and they are correct. Um, that 13 seconds where Kansas City was able to get down into field goal range was one less second than Dallas had in his last play. 
where Dallas decided to run. The quarterback sneak. Speaking of Dallas, right? And they're, and they're, there's, well, you know, hype. Genius? Oh, well, hey, I'm got you know what I mean? Everybody, every team's got their stuff. Right? All right. So what's about Dallas? Hit, hit me with it. Sorry? What about Dallas? No, just the fact that it's like, how can you be, they, they just, again, it's just stupidity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's the, that, that part, that part, listen, that part was entertaining to me because I was like, ah, Mike McCarthy. I knew you and your staff would find a way to do something. Like, it's like, this is a play we're going to run. We have no timeouts and we can't ensure that we're going to be able to spike the ball. You do realize the referee has to touch the ball before you can say, it'll be fine. We have enough time. You have 14 seconds. We have enough time. And then, and then there were, what was it? Was it in that game? I think it was in the, in the Kansas, but it was, there was an, it might've been the Cincinnati game, but there was a, a play where it was like a timing where the ref, right. And they're like, see the ref didn't touch the ball here. Right. And well, Cowboys fans are going to have something to say about this. And uh, and I watched the play and I'm like, you don't actually see the ref at all in the video clip you're talking about, which proves nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, but, you know, congratulations on your confirmation bias here. You did. The refs did not screw you. You screwed yourselves, Dallas. Yeah. Well, the problem with the Dallas thing is that they already had they had a, they had innumerable opportunities if they wanted to try to get it back in that game and win. That one play did not make the whole thing. Why were you in that position in the first place? You do have to accept some responsibility at a certain point. Just accept it. It is what it is. Deal with it. But whatever. You know, listen, I'm not going to worry about that. That's on them. I was amused by it. That finished. I got a kick out. Like I said, for the most part, other than my team not winning a game that was perfectly winnable, um, I have been tremendously amused by a lot of this. And that weekend, like we're just talking about the last game where we were talking about the Chiefs and Bills. The other game was crazy. Well, yeah, the, they all were. Like, they, they, there were four games, and all of them came down to the last play. Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, you can't, as a football fan, you know, as a neutral, you cannot ask for more than what you got on Division Weekend. Yeah, I think we all got our money's worth on that one, so no complaints there. And then uh, if we could get half half as good of games tomorrow, I'm ex- I, that would be wonderful. That would be I would be ecstatic with that outcome. So 100%. we'll have to see. We'll have to see. All right, so here's my question. All right. <clears throat> Uh, pretentious cross country running straight into the football, straight into the wrestling. What do you let's want? Let's go. Well, we're talking football anyway. Let's keep it going with the football. All right. So first of all, let's do it. We got two games. We are down to the final four in the National Football League. So final four. Uh, all right. Who you got? We got Rams and 49ers. Uh, I'm gonna take the Rams, but I would not. I mean, this is the. I of me, I feel this is the game that has the potential more so to go either way, uh, despite. The fact that the the Bengals have beat Kansas City already this year, okay. but you know it seems to be that San Francisco has the Rams number, but I just think the Rams are overall the top to bottom a better team, and I feel that talent is finally going to win out. Okay, are you concerned at all about Matthew Stafford or that team having turnover issues? Given that towards the tail end of the Tampa game, they started having a ton of turnover issues, and historically Stafford has had a couple, and he's actually been very clean up until this point. Yeah. You know, um, maybe, maybe I'm not concerned about it. And th- like, would it surprise me if you threw a pick or maybe two? No, uh, I don't think you're going to have the fumbleitis that you did in the Tampa Bay game. All right, that so, that does not worry me. Follow up question: Let's assume then that 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 goes that way. So if it's if it's the Rams, then so be it. Um, the other kind of storyline with that, and I also picked the Rams. That's kind of my thought. I, I'm basically going chalk. Just to be clear and simple on this, I've got Rams and Chiefs, but I want to talk about the Chiefs thing more once we get to that game. But the the whole thing with that, the Rams, if for some reason it works out the other way and the 49ers get there, it does create a bit of an interesting dynamic in the sense that all of a sudden you got Jimmy G, who probably would be on his way out in most cases, but getting to a second Super Bowl. So do you get rid of Jimmy G and go with Trey Lance? Or <laughs> Yeah, right. Like you, you, how It's kind of, really, you're going to say, it's, and even if they win it, Right, which is yeah. part, but like, but I'm yeah, saying we, even getting there makes your makes your life more complicated. If somehow you win it, it's like, hey, thanks, great job, Jimmy G, get the fuck out. But yeah. I just won the Super Bowl. Get out. I mean, let's be real. If they're gonna win anything, if they're gonna, def- however far they go, or however close they make it, you know, it's gonna be on their defense. Oh no, I agree. But I'm just so, saying it would be no, a very. No, but what, I, what I'm saying game. is, you know, like, yeah, it's gonna be hard to keep, you know get rid of him. But at the same time. You know, 
You don't. You don't. Defense has gotten them where they are. Right. Can I give you the greatest troll move of all time? Yes. All right. Again, now we're in the final four, but this final four, I don't care who wins. I don't have a horse in the race. It makes no difference to me, to be clear. So this is my my preamble to what I'm about to say. From a I enjoy watching the world burn situation, Dave. The best thing would be if somehow San Francisco gets to the Super Bowl. They play Kansas City or whoever. Kansas City or Cincinnati. Makes no difference what the combo is. Mm-hmm. Kansas City would be funnier, though. The 49ers win the Super Bowl. The 49ers win the Super Bowl, and somehow it becomes similar to that uh, to that New England Rams Super Bowl where it's actually shitty. But despite that, Jimmy D just just enough. He actually is very mediocre, but he does just enough to get the Super Bowl MVP where Tom Brady couldn't. And he actually wins Super Bowl MVP, but it's, again, really shitty. He gets like 200 yards passing, but like it's 9-6. to six. Like yeah. It's a really shitty game. But he wins Super Bowl MVP. They do the celebration and everything, and the 49ers are like, we're going to we're gonna let you go. And then basically he's like, I'm the reigning Super Bowl MVP. It's like, ah, but we made an upgraded quarterback. Let us introduce you, Aaron Rodgers. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, let it burn. They win the Super Bowl, and they still upgrade a quarterback. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Come on, it would be, be so good. It would. And, and by the way, San Francisco, former California guy. Yeah. Full circle. Full circle, bros. That's why I formulated it that way. I thought it was like, come on, that'd be so good. As long as he can still, you know, do all his Pat McAfee appearances, right? Yeah. But I'm just saying, would that would, would that not be glorious? Like, from a beautiful trolling, it's like content standpoint, it's like, so now he's with San Francisco, huh? The defending Super Bowl champions. <laughs> and what's Jimmy G doing? Hey, Jimmy, um, I think there's an opening in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is like, what the hell, man? Again, chaos, Dave. I want upheaval. I want chaos. I'd be okay with it. Yeah, like, let's have some fun. This is good. I'm good with it. Whatever. I'm just saying, I thought I'd throw that up. All right, second one, AFC. Yeah, so, I mean, the instinct is to just outright pick the Chiefs. Mm. Uh, but the Bengals match up pretty well here, and they did win against uh, KC in the regular season. So I think it's entirely possible that the Bengals win. But if I look at the game, I think this is one of those games where the experience uh, and the momentum and, you know, the X factor of Patrick Mahomes wins this game for the Chiefs. So the the Chiefs should win. Like I said earlier, I'd go with chalk. However, the scenario that could play out, the only real scenario I see for Cincinnati is if they can hang in there and keep it close because that's where it it becomes interesting. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, depends when you say hang in there and keep it close. I mean, what was it? Thirty-four, thirty-one, was was the score in the game? I'm, think, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of for whatever reason Kansas City has trouble getting out of the blocks. They start off slow. They do one of okay. those deals. Okay. And what happens is it becomes a little bit more of a slugfest instead of because really the big thing that I would worry about with Cincinnati is that Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in that win. You can't keep getting killed consistently, <laughs> like. You know, he keeps taking sacks. Eventually, that's going to mess up your thing. The fact you managed to win, congratulations. But normally, you don't take nine sacks and win the game. That isn't how right. this works. Um, if they can clean that up even a little bit, you know, if he takes, you know, six or seven sacks instead of nine, you know, huge improvement. Um, but again, if they're able to keep it fairly low scoring, all things considered, and it becomes late in the game, basically what I'd be looking at if I was Cincinnati is I'd want to be in a position to have a puncher's chance and I want a position where Andy Reid suddenly has to control clock management. That's really what I want. I want to put the the clock management in Andy Reid's hands, and Patrick Mahomes is like, no, our mortal weakness. It's like, Andy, put that away. It's like, but I can control the clock. It'll be fine. I've won a Super Bowl. No, Andy, no! Just say. I could see that happening, yeah. Yeah, that's the scenario that I can foresee. Is like Andy Reid has one blind spot. He has never been good at clock management. He struggles mightily with this. And I was like, you really could just hire a guy whose only job it is to manage your timeouts and clock management. And yep. that's all they do. You can you can do cook up whatever offense thing that you want to do and with Patrick Mahomes and do that. You are great at that. Really great at that. That's the thing that you do. But clock management, not the thing that you do. Please stop doing that thing you do not do. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing you think that if it's going to go the other way, something like that's going to happen, right? 
Yeah, you basically just have to put somebody in a position to do the thing they're not good at. Um, and that was kind of the point that I made last night on the stream. I just said, all these teams have flaws. Every sure. last one of them have flaws. It's just a matter of who is going to do the best job of accentuating what they do well and minimizing the negatives. When we talked about the Rams, I said, they do have this propensity sometimes to get a little turnover heavy. McVay gets a little bit cute sometimes, and that's not always a good thing. Sometimes that, that'll be a problem for them. Uh, Cincinnati is inexperienced. Their line did not hold up very well. So if Joe Burrow gets murdered, that's not going to do much for them. No. They've got plenty of talent on offense. That's not an issue. And he's got plenty of talent. But he needs to be upright and be able to throw in order to actually do what he can do. Um, and then in the same vein, 49ers, um, Jimmy G is kind of their weakness. So the less Jimmy G, if we don't see a lot of Jimmy G, there's a good chance the 49ers are doing well. Yeah. So it's like, if we don't basically don't hear about the guy for most of the game, it's like, oh, the, the game plan is working. For sure. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're, like I said, all the teams have a flaw. So that's why it's like, to me, as long as we get two competitive games, I'm thrilled. I'm going chalk. I'm going to go Chiefs and uh, Rams in the Super Bowl, but we'll see. Yeah, that would be nice if I would settle for our two competitive games. Yeah, sounds good. Now, let me touch on one more thing then before we switch over. All right, question. It is time. We haven't touched on it much yet, but since we're kind of in the middle of, you know, we're in January, late January, heading into February, it is time for the first time this year to discuss this man. Yes. Rob Manfred, everybody's favorite commissioner. Yeah, uh, no one's favorite commissioner. I know. That's why I said it that way. Now, quick prediction. We'll talk about it more later on. However, so do we get games on time? Yay or nay? Yes. All right. So who makes the bigger move? Who budges the most? Uh, the union. Ah, you think the union will cave, do you? I do. We'll put that in our back pocket and we'll see. I'm just kind of curious because I'm sitting back. I'm not too worried about it right now, but I do want to bring it up since obviously, you know, we're headed rolling into February. We're not that far away from when we'd start, you know, pitches yeah, and catchers will be recording. Catchers, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I'm just, I just thought I would bring it up now. We'll, we'll discuss further as we get a little bit closer to that time period. But this is the opening salvo of a, of a discussion that will be to be continued. Now, all right. Um, you want some rolling Neymar and then what? Are we good? Rolling Neymar, and then we'll get into some wrestling or the other Sounds good. All right. You all know what this is. Those of you who watch it live or on the immediate replay on Facebook, you will get the original. The other ones will get the other song because I always have to keep replacing it, and I haven't bothered to fix the actual video on this thing. Lack of effort for the win. Rolling Neymar has spoken. And in that vein, <sighs> pretentious cross country running. Conk a calf, Carlos. <laughs> that one I'm just doing for the sound effect. I kind of almost, or I almost just want to leave it and be like, that was a cross country running for it and just move on. No, you know what? Screw it. That's what we're doing. All right, Patricia's cross-country writing over. All right, on to some wrestling. Anyway, all right, so I got a couple of things that I can talk about if you want to touch up, but was there something specific? By the way, I'm actually serious. We're moving on. All right, all right. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah, so first of all, I would like your reaction on the appearance by Danhausen. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I, was, I wasn't 100% surprised. I was sort of surprised. I was surprised it came up in the Lights Out match. Um, and, I'm, and I was kind of surprised that the, the interaction of Dan Housen was with Adam Cole staring at him, probably cursing him, um, and then just leaving. Be that is very Dan Housen, though. That is very Dan housen -y. So now the question is, like, is there any follow-up to that? Like, um, you know, is well, Dan I mean, he, he's officially signed with AEW. No, no, I, I get that, but I'm saying, like, what? there's some follow-up. What do you mean with do. Adam Cole? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, technically, um, you know, is it, like, a temporary alliance with the best friends? Or is it, like, and, and, and Dan House is going to be interesting because, basically, um, and I don't know if this is why he did it, but this, this creates a bit of a unique dynamic. Because Jim Cornette, in his crotchety old manness, complains about a lot of AEW stuff. 
but he is on record is actually enjoying Danhausen. Not his yep. wrestling because he refuses to watch his wrestling. Yep. But he enjoys the character and the things related to it. Yep. And by the way, keep, people keep sending him uh, Danhausen cameos. Yes, because Danhausen is entertaining. However, he is entertaining in spurts. He's entertaining at the right time. By the way, there is room for a Danhausen. I could very much see ways you could do it, but you got to be careful. You've got this type of presentation that you've got for the majority of your stuff, and then you've got Orange Cassidy, and then you've got Best Friends. And then you've got the, you could have a Danhausen. I could totally see him finding some room in the overall AEW universe for Danhausen to do some stuff and for folks to have some fun and to do that. Wrestling is a variety show. When done well, you can have room for all this stuff. I don't know if it was the best use of him the whole time, but our truth in WWE basically became their version of Danhausen, so to speak, because he was just this character that would just do outlandish things and be around and just be, you know, constantly confused. And it was just literally our truth only does comedy. However, he is in ridiculous shape for his age. He was, he's been a professional wrestler a very long time. He was a former NWA champion. Like he had credentials before he ever showed up there. Um, but he's been predominantly a comedy act and he has continued his career as a comedy act forever. I don't need a hundred art truths. If you insist on one and you use them sparingly in the right times in the right places, it can be amusing. It can be a little, a little light joke in the middle of the show. Dan Housen can be the same kind of thing. He could have some backstage vignettes where he says, where he's trying to make alliances with folks doing it in his Dan Housian way. But I don't need to see Dan Housen all the time. No, this is a situation. I think that would be a, a very big mistake to see Dan Housen. Yeah, you need to, time. you need to, you need to split it up so that he'll, he'll be on maybe a show. And then maybe on the following week, he can be on the other show for a segment. But like short segments, little bits and pieces here and there. If he wants and to wrestle, a wrestle from very occasionally. Yeah. If he's got a specific thing to do that you want to have him wrestle a match or two, go ahead. Uh, he's not a bad wrestler, but it's like, it's not his main value to you is this character, kind of this weird multiverse he creates, kind of the weird way he approaches things. He could even be a manager for a couple of guys sometimes and just be strange. Like he is an attraction unto himself. Um, I don't need to see Dan Housen wrestle all the time at all, um, but I don't mind his character. I enjoy it. I have fun with it. But again, it's got to be used. You, you have to be very judicious. You, you must control how much Dan Housen we see. Or be cursed. Or be cursed. Like I said, man, I, I, I'm, go I'm cool with it. Uh, I'm a fan Housen of Dan Housen. Ooh. Yes, indeed. You but went I, there. You went I, there, Carlos. Oh, I did. But you got to be very careful. But you know what my, my favorite part is? Unfortunately, it's going to take a long time. And I wish that they had, if they were going to do the signing, I wish they had announced it much earlier. You know what would have been great? Dan House an AW rookie. Yeah. Ah, and now we have to wait a while <laughs> because you have to do like a year lead time for that stuff. So it's like, you're not getting there for a while. Yeah. It's too bad. But yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. Oh, well, fair enough. But yeah, no, Dan House good. Um, I thought the lights out match was okay. Um, one thing I did like in the Lighthouse ma uh, Lights Out match, though, um, they did a good job building up to it. The match, for the most part, was all right. It was pretty solid. Um, I did like that occasionally Orange Cassidy was kind of forced to react a little bit more because, obviously, in the nature of the match, you need to be a little more active. Um, I didn't like the finishing spot because, like, he held him in, like, he held him for, like, what felt like 45 minutes before finally, like, just fall on the damn thing. Now, good news for AEW, they did a much better job on the camera angle for the stupid thing. 100%. Way better job. Better guys. Much better. You're finally learning. Good. You have this spot planned. You know what you're going to do. It's very safe, but it looked a thousand times better. You shot it better. It looked better. Agreed. Yeah. You just need to get to it a little bit quicker. Like, to get to the point, guys. Yeah. You know it, was, you're it, it, was, it was definitely an improvement on that. I did. I, honestly, I didn't think the show was that great. Uh, I liked the I did I thought the ladder match for the TNT Championship was good. Yeah, I, I like that. Or or was it a was it a ladder match or was it a TLC match? Whatever the hell it, it was. was a t it, it was a ladder match. In a ladder match, you could use chairs and things. It's basically uh, no DQ. But yeah, it was it was a good match. Um, and but the rest of the show was kind of just meh to me. Look at this guy. But, but I will tell actually I here's an interesting conversation. I, I wanna go I wanna go with something because this is something that was brought up, believe it or not, on eighties wrestling the podcast. Oh my god. Uh two weeks ago. 
Oh, so I'm waiting. I'm waiting for when you're officially going to announce that you're a co-host. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But uh, I think Danny from Butler has got that ahead of me. But But the point is, the show two weeks ago was on enhancement talent or jobbers, depending on what vernacular you prefer to use. Two basic yogs. Okay. So... I was so we're you know we're talk, the one of the the complaints that was coming out from from the host there was the you know everything's given to you now so like the the dream match you you get like I mean that's the other thing too I was I was kind of thinking this I know this is sidetracking slightly but thinking about this with MJF and CM Punk mm-hmm. when I'm like really they're gonna just do it on a Wednesday like they're not gonna wait for a pay per view to do this I, w- I would be surprised if that match doesn't completely go off so well fair. But you know what I mean? There's there's that thought. But anyway, but the idea was that, you know, back in the day, you know, enhancement talent match was what you got. Like, you didn't get the big match unless you went to something or it was a Saturday night's main event or it was a pay-per-view. That's when you saw, like, the big star versus a big star. Mm-hmm. And and they feel that a lot of that is lacking today. And and I, I brought up, because I had thought about it, and I was like, but you know who actually is using an enhancement talent? is AEW. And where they're using it right now the most, Wardlow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, and I started and I I went back and I looked because I, I found some website that just you know you can pick a wrestler and just go through all their matches. It has like every match they've ever. Done. I think it's like Wrestler DB or something like that. I know I know there's one that does all the matches for a lot of stuff. So old I'm looking at Wardlow, mm-hmm. and it's been probably about two. Other than the match with CM Punk, mm-hmm. it's been enhancement talent for like two months. Yep. Right, people making their AW. Well, like this week, it was two people who've never been on TV before with AW, and he beat both. Right, it was a two-on-one match. That was this week. Yeah, it was a handicap match. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and boom, just destroy them. Powerbomb one on top of the other. By the way, credit to them for using jobbers that actually look like athletes. They are they are smaller. They were smaller guys in Wardlow. Obviously, the point is to make Wardlow look like a monster. You know. That's the point. However, if you notice, in comparison to the 80s jobbers who looked like they had dad bods, these guys at least look like they had been in the gym before. True. So, you know, it, it helps. It, it adds a little True. element to it. But I just I just felt it was interesting because you're not really seeing that with, with uh, I, I mean, I don't know, because I don't watch Impact. I didn't watch, really, our uh, Ring of Honor. I don't watch any of those other promotions, right? Mm-hmm. I occasionally watch WWE now. They never use enhancement talent. Cool. And I watch, I watch Dynamite every week. And here and there, I'll watch something. Like, I watch Battle of the Belts. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes watch Rampage, especially if there's a match that really gets me. But I don't watch it all every week. But I watch Dynamite every week. Yep. But I felt it was interesting that, that, that that's, you know, they're doing that, right? And it's not just with Wardlow. There's other people who have had that, too, that have happened. We're like, who is this person? And it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's a jobber. Mm-hmm. So I felt, I, I was, I, do you have any comments on that or anything? Yeah, I think. Like, uh, insight I think... you have? It's a bit of an old school tactic because I do think there's some value to it. Yeah, there's a delicate balance to be had. WWE kind of screwed themselves because once the Monday Night Wars ended, they were stuck with the paradigm they had. Because a uh, and this is where I sometimes find I don't want to get on a tangent, but I'll quickly just reference it. This is why I kind of have to give Eric Bischoff some flack when sometimes he'll like try to take pot shots at AEW and like he he I think he gets offended when they're compared to WCW and stuff like that, and because he's protective of that, and I'm like. Well, in the same vein that you helped build up WCW, you also laid the foundation for its destruction. You also set up a lot of the contracts that put, that made it impossible for them to be uh, profitable once things started to go south. You set, you laid the groundwork for that. You lost control. Um, that was you who did that. Um, but one of the innovations WCW did in those days is they introduced the idea of having supercars every Monday. You were getting like name guys versus name guys. There's a good side and a downside to that. You get name guys in there against name guys. Somebody has to lose. You can only do so many like garbage finishes, but the problem is WCW eventually started doing garbage finishes on everything to try to avoid somebody losing. But the problem is then you know you're not going to get a resolution. So the audience gets conditioned to knowing what's the point of this match. It's not going to end. The w- it's uh-huh. it's basically the logic that was used there. And, the, um, and this would become my counter to that uh, statement said about the uh mjf and cm punk thing i don't believe that the match is going to go off completely clean i believe there'll be something involved in there something to either further the storyline or some uh goofy finish or something 
but AEW doesn't use it use that all the time. They use it judiciously. They're very careful. Most of the time when you get a match, you get a conclusion of some kind. Unless it's one of those time limit draws, which then leads to a rematch, and you're doing it for a purpose. Like the Danielson and um, Hangman and Page. That was done for a purpose. But the thing is, that means the AEW audience is conditioned that most of the time when you're promised a match, you will get this match. In WWE, they'll get into these runs where they realize, oh crap, this person has lost like three straight matches and we're trying to build a feud here. They can't lose right now, but they also can't win right now. So what do we do? Uh, find a way to make it a triple threat. Get somebody who's expendable. They'll take the pin. So the audience knows already that you're setting it up so that you're not getting the actual resolution you wanted. You're finding a way around it. Mm -hmm. um, but that means also that none of your matches mean anything. You try to promote this match, it's like, but I'm not going to get that match. It doesn't matter what you promote it. So trying to use enhancement talent helps. But occasionally you have to be able to, if you want people to actually watch the show on television, occasionally you actually have to give them a match that they'd be interested in seeing on television. Wardlow against Jobbers works because it's not a very long match. And it's also part of a continuing storyline where Wardlow is going to keep mowing through people until he's at the moment where he's going to get something. He may be that face of the revolution match that they've alluded to a couple of times. If he was to win that and then MJF tries to take that opportunity from him, there's one of, there's a potential impetus for that breakup. There's a potential impetus for that yeah. fight. I mean, it's going to happen. It's just a question of when Correct. it's going to happen. So the point is, in the meantime, Wardlow should be strong. Because if he's then going to try to take on MJF and like fight him or whatever, he should be looking like a beast. Like it's and the he Batista. Does. He does. Yeah. Apparently that's one of the one of the few people that WWE is actually interested in. Yeah. And the thing is, they're going to be interested in they are not very good at this point at evaluating talent. They'll just look at people who look the part. And Wardlow is the kind of guy who would have looked the part, but he was also really green. Well, then he got development. So he got the development in AEW. Uh, MJF is a guy they wouldn't have even looked at because he auditioned and he was around WWE. They had plenty of opportunities to sign him to developmental. They didn't use him. They did use him in some segments. He was actually one of the backstage guys that Samoa Joe pushed when he was headed towards the ring. He was actually, he had a cameo appearance. MJF was in one of the takeovers. He was just a lackey who got pushed to the side. What was funny is at one point, MJF did a, did a thing where he was coming to the ring and the camera was following or whatever, and there were some goofball lackeys, and then MJF pushed the guy <laughs> exactly the same way. They, they do these little homages to kind of their past all the time. Well, Britt Baker was basically enhancement talent for Nia Jax. So that's what I mean. Like, there's plenty of... Uh, they, they don't forget this stuff. They use, they use it when it's, when it's fuel. The, po the bottom line is this. Enhancement talent in AEW serves a purpose because they've got this roster of rotating folks who will come in and they will get, it's an opportunity for them to get a paycheck. It's like, hey, can you come in here and be, you'll be the local enhancement talent for this. Some of them may stick around and get additional bookings on dark or elevation or whatever, but on dark and elevation, they're using enhancement talent all the time. That's their version of WF superstars from back in the day. It's an opportunity for that person to have a showcase match against them, build up their record against these enhancement talents because you'll have folks on there. It's like they're 0 and 15 in AEW because they still give you the record of the jobber. It's like, Lord, because of course you do. Um, they never win, but their purpose is their purpose though, is to make the other person look good, help build up their record so that when they're on TV, it's like, Oh man, they're 42 and seven. That seems good. Yeah. So, like, there is a purpose. WWE, though, has put themselves in a bad spot because of what they've done. Now you're going to have these matches against these names, but one of them might as well be a jobber. They lose half the time anyway. They're not a full-fledged jobber in the sense that they don't lose every match, but it's like, yeah, win a match, lose a match. Win a match, lose. If they've got no storyline, win a match, lose a match. Win a match, lose a match. Win two in a row, lose three in a row. Win one, lose one, win one. Lose. They never get any traction. They're just there. What is Dana Brooke? She's got the 24-7 championship. She's got a title. What does that mean? Yeah. Nothing. It means nothing. It's a comedy title. That's what happens when you have a show full of names. Dana Brooke is technically not a jobber, but is she a star? She's even got a belt. Is she a star? Yeah. Look at even the, like I said, we talked about it before, and I'll, and I'll get off this. Look at even your tag team women's champions. Carmella was a former women's champion who was cast aside when Becky Lynch beat Bianca Belair in a couple seconds. She was literally thrown out like yesterday's garbage. She's a multi-time women's champion. Zelina Vega was fired. They didn't even let her perform on 9-11 because her dad, when her dad died at 9-11. But she was allowed to go prance around and promote it. They don't give a shit about Zelina Vega. 
but she's now Queen Zelina, which means nothing. She's the women's tag team champion, which means even less than nothing. Congratulations. You've got a title and a lame crown. And We're promoting you. Fake accent. It's dumb. It's all stupid. It's all stupid. Whatever. So that's a very roundabout way but of Seth saying. Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, Carlos. Come on. Yes. I didn't care before. I don't care now. Um, the bottom line, though, is, is there that anything about WWE you care about or would care not about? Really, not really. If I was going to care about it, I'd care about the Royal Rumble tonight. The Royal Rumble used to be my favorite match. Because the because a favorite pay-per-view. Because the Royal Rumble match always used to be a classic match. But go look at the rosters. Go look at what they did. They fired so many people uh, that the women's thing, they literally are like, hey, uh, women's Royal Rumble. We brought back the Bella Twins. Great. Why? They literally needed Mickey James from Impact, who they fired. <laughs> so they, and they're like, uh, could you come back and do the Royal Rumble? Why? Uh, we got nobody. Okay. This is stupid. The good news for them is Sasha Banks is back. It's like, great. Awesome. Another More filler for the Rumble. Is Sasha Banks going to win the Rumble? Probably not. Maybe she will. Maybe she won't. But if she wins, she does. Okay, great. Who are you facing? Becky Lynch or, Becky Lynch or Charlotte? Oh, but Ronda could come back. Cool. If that's the case, she'll probably win the Rumble. So Sasha Banks coming back means what then? She's fodder to get thrown over the top rope like everybody else? Idiots. Who cares? You're morons. You're wasting my time. Men's Rumble. Who's going to win the Men's Rumble? Think of the ones that have been favored. Think of the ones that they've suggested could win. Oh, Goldberg could win the Rumble. That's stupid. That's really dumb. Oh, Biggie could win the Rumble. Not likely. Who else you got? Who else you want? Like, seriously, in the men's thing, just off the top of your head, right now, who doesn't have one of those big titles? Brock has one of the titles. Roman Reigns has one of those titles. Who wins the Rumble? By the way, Bobby Lashley is in a title match. So he's out. So who wins the Rumble? Yeah. And even it, whoever's left, whoever you pick, are you interested in seeing them against either Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns? Not really. Correct. The only match that anyone would give a shit about is Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Bobby Lashley against Brock Lesnar? Okay, that'll be kind of fun. But is Lashley going to win? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. So you give me a match where I already know what the outcome is. There's plenty of times where you'll know what the outcome is, and that's still interesting because you want to see how storyline you're playing going forward. And then there's other times where you give me a match where I know what the outcome is, but I also know there's nothing coming after. So yeah. what's the point? Sorry, just speaking of WWE, because this popped in my head because I was thinking about it. Did you, did you catch or did you, or did you have any thought to the fact that in one of the promos for the match tonight, so the Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. He was Rollins was alluding to the Shield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, Mox, yeah. Yeah, he said Mox instead of Dean Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say no because at this point, um, they've me- they've made they've dropped little me- messages about him already a couple different times. My thought process is that um, because obviously people threw out that rumor, um, but a lot of folks have thrown out that rumor. Look, I'll give you an example. At this point, everybody wants to, right now, WWE has kind of gotten into the blurring the lines thing that AEW likes to do. They like to have a little bit of fun. You know who else made a little, uh, dropped a hint about potentially being around uh, during the Rumble? Cody Rhodes. Remember, he's a free agent. Could have course. Yes. Uh, in his Instagram thing, he put something that alluded to him being in the city where the Rumble is being held. Okay. Because he's one of the rumored guys. Now, what do you honestly think the likelihood is? He just came off a he just came off a, a ladder match for the for the thing. He's still kind. He he's still very much entrenched in what AEW is doing. He literally left the company because there's nothing for him to do there. Mox left the company because there's nothing for him to do there. Yes, you could throw a bunch of money at these guys, and basically hope they're willing to do the Mickey James thing and just take the cash. But like, to what purpose? Okay, you go in the rumble. Unless you're promised to win at the Rumble, why do you care? Yeah. What benefit is it to you to get thrown over the top rope by by whoever? All good points, Carlos. Yeah, I'm just saying. If you're if I'm going to do it, you got to offer me something. At least CM Punk had some fun because uh, when uh, Meltzer was talking about who wouldn't be in the Rumble, who wouldn't be in the Rumble, uh, Punk responded on social media. He's like, "Hey, I'm just doing my schedule. Am I in the Rumble?" 
I did see that, which yeah. was enjoyable. Yeah, I was like, they may as well have fun with it at this point. Like, everybody's going to speculate right up until the moment the match is over. I just don't know what they could offer that would be interesting. I feel like there's going to be a lot of filler in both Rumbles, and the men and the women's. Just a lot of filler. Yeah. And I don't know if the result matters. That's why I say, like, unfortunately, we're at the stage where, like, you guys can't even make the Royal Rumble interesting. The Royal Rumble used to be a slam dunk. It used to be like, we'll have a couple of surprises. We'll have people who are legitimate contenders at the end. We'll get a final four that sometimes includes somebody a little bit that you don't expect, but the other three you expect. And then you get a final two that makes sense. And then you get a winner and boom, they're on to WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, okay, there's almost no matchup you can offer me that I haven't already seen. Like, what do I care? Yeah. So there you go. Royal Rumble. It's a shame, but that's where we're at now. Yeah. But we do get a tag team. We do get a tag team match with the with the Miz and Maurice versus Beth Phoenix and Edge. Come on, excitement! Again, why why do I care about this? Yeah, that's this is the problem. That is one of the best featured matches that they've promoted. That's the best you can do. This mixed tag match, I don't give a shit about. Thanks. Yeah, it's so true. I don't know, but yeah. So that's uh, that's what I would say about that piece. Um, Yep. Anything else uh, you want to touch on related to that? Uh, no, I think we're good. Yep. We even got the rumble in there, so that's solid. That's good. I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I actually liked... Uh, I didn't mind the dynamite this past week. I thought it was good. I thought it met a lot of the criteria. I'm Right now, I think you're in a holding pattern where they're starting to move some stuff. I do like that it looks like Brian Danielson is being paired up with Mox. I think that's a fun... I think that'll be a fun feud. Those guys will go at it. I think they'll have some fun matches. Uh, that'll be that'll be a good time. And then um, I'm curious to see what happens as we get our build up towards the next step. Right now, it's going to be interesting because right now Jade they got to find things for her to do to kind of kill time, um, as she as she keeps trying to like elevate her game slowly. And, like I'm seeing small improvements, but there's still there's still some work to do. Um, it'll be fun to see. Above all else, the one I'm kind of trying to keep an eye on is that. Now that it looks like they're really putting their promotional effort behind it, it looks like they really want to go deep on working with Serena Deeb because she even got a vignette on Rampage and stuff and all that, like a, like a training vignette and stuff. And I'm like, all right, I like Serena Deeb. I like when she wrestles. Like, yeah, go ahead. Give me some of that. Sure. I'll take it. Show, show me what you're playing on. I, I, I'm interested. For sure. She talks a good game too. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like at this stage in the game, she's a veteran. She actually knows what she's doing in the ring. And I think her, her verbal skills have improved a lot on the microphone. I think, I think she's got a gimmick that works for her right now really well. Uh, and she can sell it in the ring. So I think that's great. So, yeah, okay, great. Uh, sounds to me like you need to mow down some opponents and get yourself a title shot with one of these titles, and uh, we'll have some fun going forward. I think that would be good. So, sir, we've got some things to look forward to, I think. we got some football games tomorrow. And then... Things get really interesting because then we approach rapidly the Super Bowl. It's coming. It's true, Carlos. It's true. Very soon. Very soon. Anyway, so I think that's it for this week. Uh, we'll come back on episode 123. One, two, three. Uh, you can catch Whoa! I know! I know! I know! Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Most likely, because I'll probably get around to it. I'll try to do it tonight. Uh, otherwise, uh, just go to the freaking YouTube channel, all right? Just go to the freaking YouTube channel, like the freaking video, subscribe to the freaking channel, and leave comments telling us how great we are and what kind of face tattoo Dave should get. These are important things. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I, I would love, let's start a poll or something. Like, let's get some things and then let's create uh, create some audience input on this face tattoo. I like it. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's uh, you know that's the kind of engagement we need on the show. It's the kind of engagement we really do need. Anyway, so that's it for me and Dave. We will catch you on the next episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast.